Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Whether you are a member of our church family, either in person or online, or just checking us out for the first time, we believe that you belong here at New Hope Church, and we hope that this message speaks to you today. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv, and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Alrighty, I want to welcome everybody joining us online today, this uh, special online presentation of New Hope Church, and uh, I hope you had a great Christmas. I know that our Christmas Eve services were so much fun as we celebrated the birth of Jesus together, and, and uh, this may be a little bit of inside baseball talk, but let me kind of put things into perspective for you today. Over the past week and three days, week and three days, we've had 37 services at our campuses, 37 services at our campuses. So to all of our volunteers and staff who made it possible, thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope that you enjoy this little break today, but please know you are greatly loved and appreciated at this church. But uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to begin a two-week series that we're calling Winning the Battle in You. Winning the Battle in You. And I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a constant battle inside of each and every one of us. Our, Our flesh wants to do one thing and the Spirit of God in us wants us to do something else. This is the constant battle. And the problem for many of us is that we're losing this battle before it even begins. Day by day, moment by moment. And some of us have lost this battle so many times that we have just quit trying, which is another issue that I want to at least start talking about today. But the bottom line is this. God can help us to win. God wants us to win the battle. Now, there are two heart truths that we need to embrace if we want to move toward victory when it comes to the battles inside of us. And the first truth is this. What is in our heart makes a difference. What's in our heart, what we let in our heart makes a difference. Um, this is when, whenever the Bible talks about our heart, It's actually not talking about our our physical heart. It's talking about the inner person. So our thoughts and what attitudes we have within us. That's the inner person. And and what I allow into my inner person makes a difference out here in my life. And so listen to me. Everything I do, everything I say, everything I decide comes from somewhere down deep inside of me. And so the things that I give free rent to in my heart and in my mind Those have a determining effect on my actions, and then my actions set the direction of my life. And that's why God tells us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So guard your heart. Now, this is a little bit different than people talk about today. In fact, you can go to stores from now until next year at this time, and you're not going to see one pretty sign in any store written in cursive that says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. However, you, you, but if you do, by the way, if you do, please send me a picture because I haven't seen one yet and I would like to see one. But if you do go to the store, more than likely, you're going to see lots of signs that say this, follow your heart. In fact, you will find this sign everywhere. It's sort of the mantra of our world right now. Follow your heart. Do what you feel. That's where happiness is. Out there somewhere, after you've eaten all the ice cream and all the junk food you want and binged on Netflix and dated the wrong guy for the one, two, three, four, 
five, fifth time in a row because, because your heart told you to do so. And if you think that I had to search forever to find this many signs, guess what? You're wrong. This was just like the first four rows of a Google image search. And the signs are usually in cursive, which makes the phrase look deceptively true. And you would think that since it's so prevalent that it's often artwork that's suitable for hanging on your wall, that, that although Banksy's version is a little bit more tongue-in-cheek, but you would think that since it's such a popular saying that it would be in the Bible somewhere. But guess what? Not even close. Not even close. And, 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 the, and the reason you won't find it in the Bible is because this is bad advice. This is, this is a bad advice. If you follow your heart, you're going to find yourself in major trouble. In fact, the Bible does not say follow your heart. The Bible says the opposite. Jeremiah says it this way. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So God is giving us the opposite counsel. He's saying don't follow your heart. I don't know, have you ever been in a situation where you, you uh, maybe a frustrating situation and, and, you, and you wanted to say something that was not very God-honoring but was kind of inappropriate? Has anyone ever wanted to say something? Okay, I have not. I just wanted to see if you had, but um, I'm kidding. I, I'm a pastor and still every now and then, and it's usually in a, in a very frustrating situation, every now and then, um, a response or a word will pop into my mind in the, in the list of possible comments that I could make and, and some of the options that my heart gives me are not good. And I'm just going to say it embarrassingly not good. <laughs> Maybe you saw the movie The Terminator back in the day. It was actually, it came out back in the 1900s if any of you are that old and Arnold, the sideboard, you know, from wherever he was from, the future, uh, had a drop-down menu in his very, very red eye. And so whenever he encountered someone and needed to know what to say back to them or, or how to communicate with them, there would be a drop-down list of options of possible responses that he could choose from. And it was very clever, but not all the options were good. In fact, I wanted to use that list of drop-down options and put a screen grab of that onto the screen right here. And yet when I, when I looked at it, I, I saw how inappropriate they were. I had forgotten that from the movie. But truth is, we don't have a computer-generated list of bad options that drops down in front of us. However, life imitates the movies in that we seem to have lots of bad options that come into our mind on our own. And that's part of the battles that we face. That's our sin nature giving us bad options. And we don't need a computer's help to generate those bad options. But, but listen to me, the choices, the choices get even worse if we have allowed something into our hearts, something that we just, leave, we leave it there and, and we dwell on that junk. It's going to influence what we do. It's going to influence what we say. In fact, let me give you one example. Let's just imagine that you're driving somewhere to go see someone that you don't really like being around and, and your options when you see them face to face will certainly be different if you guard your heart on the way there. For instance, if the whole way there you're thinking, Matt, I don't, I, don't, I don't like this person. They are 
petty and manipulative, and this is a pretty good picture for this, isn't it? I, I don't, I want to go. I don't want to go. I don't, I don't want to spend time with them. I'm, and they're a thorn in my flesh, and time spent with them is like being tortured, and I'd rather have my fingernails pulled off of my hands than to have to spend time with them. God in heaven, why do I, why do I have to go? I, I hate this person. Well, what's going to happen is when you arrive, since you have bathed your heart and your mind in these kinds of very critical thoughts, it will be difficult for you to find something God-honoring in the drop-down menu of options. The things that you have rehearsed on the way there will be at the forefront of your mind. And I, I, I don't know. This is obvious, but it's so obvious that I think that we just miss it. So we need to hear it, so I'm going to say it. We need to change the list. We need to change what's going on in our heart. So Let's continue with the same illustration, just kind of flip the coin. Let's say on the way to meet this person, instead of, instead of this, we have a good attitude and we intentionally think kind and good and God-honoring thoughts. And we can be, and I'm not saying be in denial. You can actually, you can say, God, I, I, I don't want to go see this person today. This is, but it's something that I, I've got to do, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in a way that brings glory and honor to you. And yes, they are a difficult person, but I really think that that's because they aren't happy deep down inside. So Lord, I'm, I'm just going to ask you to bless them. Bless them, Lord. Heal them on the inside. Return to them the joy of their salvation. And God, I know that you love them as much as you love me. So use me, God, even if it's just a little way to help them today. And, and it would probably be good even if you could think of one thing, maybe two things, but if it's just one, just think of one thing that you like about that person, something that you admire about them, something that you respect about them, something that they do well in their life, and then, and then make a point sometime in your conversation with them to, to mention that and to give them some honor for that. And I'm just going to tell you something. I guarantee you when, you, when you bathe your heart in those kinds of thoughts, your actions, once you arrive, will be more God-honoring. And you think about it, what has changed? What's changed? Nothing really. The, the person that you're going to see is still the same person. You're still the same person. The only thing that has changed is that now you're guarding your heart. So listen to me real, real close now. If you want to honor God in your words and in your actions and in your decisions, and I know that we all do, we all want to honor God, then the first thing we have to do is honor him with what's in our heart. Nothing happens out here. Nothing comes from here without happening in here first. And when it comes to living a God-honoring life, what we allow in our heart makes a difference. So be careful. Guard. Guard your heart. And then secondly, your heart must be monitored constantly. Your heart must be monitored constantly. I... Uh, <clears throat> If you've been with us for a while, you know that I, I, uh, I had AFib a while ago and, uh, and uh, have since been treated, had the ablation. I'm good to go now. But back when they were trying to figure all that out, I constantly, 
constantly for a month at a time, for a week at a time, for two weeks at a time. I was always wearing monitors because they were trying to catch it, trying to measure, trying to diagnose how, how, how bad off I was at that time. And so I was constantly wearing a monitor on my heart, little sticky tabs that pull your hair out, you know. And so I'm, I'm wearing those. And there was one time when I was sitting there at my house and, and uh, the, one of the connections came off of my chest, but I didn't know it because it was underneath my shirt. And all of a sudden my phone rang. And it was the medical device company. And they said, uh, we need to speak to Timothy Liston. I said, well, this is he. And they said, are you okay, sir? Are you okay? Are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. What's, what, what's going on? They said, something's up with your heart. Something's up with your heart. And I just went like this with my shirt. And one of the connections was hanging down here. And I took it. And I, I went, how's that? And they said, okay, you're good. You're good. I was like, whoa, that is so weird. That is so weird that someone else is monitoring my heart even closer than I am. They're paying closer attention to my heart than I am. And here's the truth for you. God wants us to monitor our inner person, our heart that closely as well, to pay attention to what thoughts and ideas we're allowing to stay. And then if there's something that isn't honoring to him, he wants us to take captive that thought, that thought, whatever it is that isn't giving him the glory that isn't honoring to him, and, and, and he wants us to get rid of it. So we're guarding our hearts, but, but if something improper, if an improper thought gets through our defensive, defenses, we don't let it stay. We take it captive. We cuff it and we stuff it. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it shows us how. Paul, Paul writes this. He says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world, meaning it's not going to be with, we're not fighting this battle of the heart with guns or knives or, you know, any modern weapons. So you can put down your nunchucks, Napoleon. Uh, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So the weapons we fight with have the divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, what's a stronghold in a person's life? Verse 5 answers that question. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So uh, every argument, every pretension or thought or attitude that we put in the forefront of our mind or our heart that is contrary to what God wants, those things have the ability to become a stronghold in our heart and in our life. Uh, for instance, would be this, if, if a person has a stronghold that's uh, uh, in their heart, a, a thought that says that, that they're believing that says, I'll never change. I'll never change. I'm always going to do this. I've always done this. I've always responded this way. I've always had a terrible temper or I've always had this temptation in my life. And, and I, I just give into it because it's not going to go away. And I've tried to change, but I'm never going to change. If they have that stronghold that says, I'm never going to change. And every time that they're tempted, they're going to give in because they have that belief, that stronghold that they'll never change. If a person believes that a, a certain sin or a certain lifestyle is okay when God says that it is not okay, then that thought or belief has become a stronghold in their life that is contrary to the truth of God. Because the truth of God is this. I'm just going to boil it down here real quick. God can change us. That's the truth. God can change us. Somebody say amen in the chat there. So what do we do? 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I want to spend a little bit more time on strongholds next week, so I'll see you next Sunday morning, 9.45, 11.15 at your campus. But bottom line here is we're going to guard our hearts and then, and then if a thought is, uh, gets past our defenses and is taking root in our heart, a thought that's not pleasing to God, we're going to identify it and we're going to demolish it. We're going to throw it out. And you think about it. It's your heart. It's your mind. You have a say in what gets to stay there. And the problem with strongholds is that they always lead us away from what God wants for us. So let's do this. Let's just start to walk down this road a little bit today. And I want to do this today so that you can begin to practice this. I want you just to start thinking in these terms before we get together again next week. But uh, here are some common thoughts that can become strongholds that can mess somebody's life up. And they seem very innocent on the surface. But if you let a stronghold like this grow in your life, it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to ruin you. Uh, one is this. It's just this once I can handle it. I don't do it all the time, and I know it's wrong, but I'm just, just this one time will be okay. And we all know that that one time ends up being two times and 10 times and 100 times. And, but there are people who think, you know, I've been faithful for my wife, you know, for all these years. And it's just, so, so this is not going to hurt. Just this once. Just this once. It'll be okay. Or I've been going through a lot, and I, I deserve some things in my life, and I deserve to kick back a little bit. So I'm going to try some of this or some of that or some substance or whatever, you know, just so, because, because, just because, or, or, or I've been working hard at my work and, and uh, I don't get paid enough, so I'm just going to help myself a little bit and that'll be okay because it's just this once. Listen to me now. Sin is such a liar. Sin is a liar. And when we accept the lie as truth, we're headed toward disaster. Just this once is a thought that needs to be taken captive and demolished. And then another one, another thought that needs to be demolished is no one will know. I can, I can keep this quiet. I can do this. And this is my deal. It's between me, myself, and I. And my spouse won't know. My boss won't know. My kids won't know. But listen to me, sin has a way of making itself known at the most inopportune times. And there's always a day when things done in secret are revealed, much to the embarrassment of family and friends and even you or any legacy you hope to have. Numbers chapter uh, 32 says, be sure your sins will find you out. Luke chapter 12 says, what is spoken in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. And even though we think that no one knows when we do and when we look or when we participate or whatever it is that we might be caught up in right now, listen to me now, God always knows. And another thought that can become a stronghold is this, everybody else is doing it so it must be okay. Everybody else is doing it, so it must be okay. And this is the one, this is a stronghold in the world right now. But if we speak the truth here, so if something is setting itself up against the truth of God, even though the world says it's okay, it's not okay. You know, our our culture is guilty of false advertising and its portrayal of sin and the way that, in the way that sin is celebrated on TV and in music and in the movies and in the media. 
But the truth is sin always tears a path of destruction across people's lives. Listen to me, there are always consequences for sin, always. So just because the majority says it's okay doesn't remove the consequences that are inherent to that choice. And right now the world is pushing us and the stronghold has taken root in our world now. And every now and then someone with a little bit of fame or a little bit of notoriety will stand up and will call sin, sin. They'll say that something isn't right, that this is not the way it should be. And immediately that person is canceled and shut down. And I'm just telling you today, the the world is lying to us, but God does not lie to us. And when it comes down to choosing between what the world is saying okay is okay and what God is saying is okay, choose what God says, because that's where the blessings are. And then, then another one, Some, another thought that needs to be demolished is this. After I do this, I'll ask God for forgiveness. After I do this, then I'm going to ask God for forgiveness. Listen to me, you cannot plan to sin while presuming on the grace of God. And I've actually heard it with my own ears. Somebody making the decision to sin, but even while they are making the decision to sin, they say, I know it's not right, but, 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 but God will forgive me. I'm not even sure how that works, that a person can tell God, I'm gonna, God, I'm gonna do something that you don't want me to do, but then you have to forgive me. Listen to me now, that's not how grace works. That's not how grace works. Uh, the apostle Paul said in Romans chapter six, Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And then over in 1 John, John says, if we claim to have fellowship with Jesus and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. We lie and do not live out the truth. Again, what is a stronghold? Any thought or attitude that sets itself up against the truth of God. And if we're living a lie, That's a stronghold. If we're living a lie, a thought, or an attitude that has set itself up against the truth of God in our hearts and in our lives, then we're going the wrong direction. We're not living in the truth of God. And John goes even further in chapter 3 when he writes this. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Meaning you can't get up each day and plan to sin, but at the end of the day, ask for forgiveness for the sins you had no intention of avoiding. That's playing both sides. Living in sin while trying to get the grace of God to bless you in your sin. Maybe you're thinking, Pastor, Pastor, wait a minute. Are you saying the expectation of our lives is absolute perfection? Um, No. But I am saying God knows our hearts and he knows when we're serious about this. And he knows if we're believing a lie or we're believing his truth. And part of living for God is finding and rooting out those lies and the false narrative, those strongholds that keep us in sin. So what's the answer? We take captive these thoughts by repenting, by repenting. Repentance is saying, I'm gonna gonna turn from my old way and from my old usual rationalizations. I'm gonna turn from my thoughts. I'm gonna turn from the strongholds, the lies of this world that I've been living according to, and I'm gonna turn towards God's truth. And I'm gonna go with God. I'm gonna go God's way. 
Now listen to me, if you know know God, then you know that everything that he asks us to do or asks us not to do, he's right about 100% of the time. And repentance is just acknowledging that and making that 180 degree turn from the lies in my heart toward the truth of God. Listen, I, I know I know how this works right here. I have, been, I have been convicted by God's Holy Spirit. And I say convicted, not condemned. God's Holy Spirit does not condemn us. He convicts us of our sin. Uh, Satan condemns us. He wants us to have disdain for ourselves. But when the Holy Spirit convicts us, we have disdain for sin, not for ourselves. And there's a big difference there. So if he's convicting you right now of some strongholds of believing a lie in your heart, the best thing that can happen to you today as we end 2021, the best thing that can happen is that you demolish those strongholds in your heart that are keeping you stuck. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. What a great offer for all of us who might be in the struggle right now. And if you're there, I'm I'm begging you as we turn the page of the calendar over to a new year, turn from the direction that you are going. If you're believing a stronghold, if you're living in sin, turn from your way and turn toward the loving grace of our God and what he did for us through his son, Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus wants you to be forgiven. Jesus wants you to be free. And he came to this world. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross in your place to take away your sins, to give you new life and new hope so that you could be free from those strongholds, but also so that you could go to heaven someday. And if you have not accepted him and what he has done, the awesome news is you can do so right now. In fact, uh, if you wanna reach out to someone and uh, get some prayer today, just text the word prayer to 642-123, 642-123. We have prayer partners who are waiting on you right now. And I'm telling you, they're not a better day, not a better moment than as we get ready to step into a new year. Not a better time to make things right with God than right now. He would love to have you in his family. So accept him now. Let me pray for you before we go. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your, for your love, for your grace. I thank you for what you did for us through your son, Jesus Christ. And I, I pray, God, that if we've allowed some thoughts and attitudes that are contrary to your word and your will and your truth for us, I pray that you would help us by the power of your spirit to demolish those strongholds. Lord, transform our hearts, transform our minds in the name of your son, Jesus. And I pray this in his powerful name and all the people said, amen. Hey, Uh, Don't forget, before I let you go, don't forget to tune in on Facebook and on YouTube on New Year's Eve at 11 p.m. And you can get there once again. You can find the church YouTube page, the church Facebook page by going to our website and clicking on it there. You'll see it on New Year's Eve. Join us. Throw it up on the big screen, man, and 
We're going to have a celebration. We're going to have a countdown that goes into, into the New Year's together, and it's going to be good. In fact, in fact uh, as, I, as I have talked about, I was watching the New Year's Eve celebrations that are on you know, the regular TV, and I was, I was disgusted, and I said, we can do better. We can do better than this, than a drunk host and all sorts of just junk going on. I said, we can do better, so we're going to have, we're going to have Jesus. We're going to have worship. We're also going to have some fun. But we're going to have it together as a church family on New Year's Eve. And I hope that you can be there with us online and participate with us, all right? So I love you so much, and I'll see you soon. God bless, and Happy New Year, everyone. If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe. Share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.